0: I am here with the very first five time guest on everything EOS. I am here with Tao Muskau, the Michael Jordan of EOS IO developers uh, and the CTO of Liquid Apps. What's up, Tao? How are you doing today?
1: Great. Thanks. Thanks. I love being here. It's been
0: just two months uh, since you are on here, we did the developer spotlight on you. You went into some of your background and what you were doing before Liquidios and Liquid Apps and Blockchain and Bancor and everything you've done up until this point since uh, entering the blockchain industry. And in, the, in those last two months, we 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 at Liquid Apps, we've just been rapid firing development vCPU, which I think is going to be a very interesting topic that we're going to get into a little in a little bit. Liquid Chess, which it, I think has a cool story behind it because of uh, your, your chess story and, and Deep Blue or Deep and Deep Junior. <laughs> uh, but but the topic we're here to like kick this off with, and and the most important to us uh, as, as Liquid Apps in the, in the short term because it's in two weeks, is the DAP network hackathon uh, yeah uh,
1: it's, it's coming up and uh, we're very excited about it uh, it's on November 17th until the 24th and it's going to be both physical and virtual uh, it's a global hackathon um, and we're going to have a great team of, of uh, mentors there um, I'm, I'm going to be one of the mentors as well uh, which I'm very excited about uh, I really had a great time being a mentor in the San Francisco EOS hackathon. Uh, I miss those times, and uh, um, I think it's it's going to have a similar, I hope it's going to have a similar vibe uh, to those hackathons.
0: Obviously, you could have been a judge, but I think it's really cool that that you're going to basically be the the lead mentor. You're going to basically uh, get away from your terminal for a week to help with other people's terminals and just be fully available to everyone uh, participating in this hackathon. And like you said, it, it, the best part about it for me is that it's glo- it, it will be local in Tel Aviv. I will be in Tel Aviv. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but the global virtual aspect of it is something that's never been done before on, uh, with it, within the EOSIO community. Um, and it, it's just a great opportunity for the people who weren't able to make it to any of the hackathons last year. What was like your motivation for, for wanting to organize the hackathon?
1: The major the the major goal for for the hackathon is, is attracting developers, uh, having having more people um, getting their their uh, hands wet with, with the technology, uh, seeing what what the state of, of it is, and, and giving people more confidence on, on the maturity of the technology and how it can be used. Um,
0: that that's what has me excited is like. Our, our, our technical team has you and your whole team have just worked so hard to get these services released and get them to a, to a state that's usable. And now it, it's like, they're ready for showtime. We want to see what they could do because uh, like liquid adapt network, liquid apps, like the tools we're building uh, for the adapt network. It's like an extension of EOS IO. It makes it more powerful. I, I explain it to people. It's like putting EOS IO on steroids and We have all of these talented developers that, uh, especially lately with with the resource constrictions, let's just jump into that. I know it's later in my plan of topics I wanted to go over with you, but let's just jump into it. The the VCPU, because I think this is super relevant. The network has basically been congested to almost a standstill over the last two days. And uh, because of the mechanism that's causing this network spam, and, and I call it spam, but to someone else, it's not spam. Someone else is mining tokens.
1: It, it, it's, it's actually even more than that. Um, CPU is, it, on, on a blockchain is, is a very, very scarce resource. It's uh, we have a single thread of computation. It's the like, it's equivalent of one CPU that's everyone's sharing. We should expect it to be fully utilized. It's not, it's not supposed to system. Uh, that's supposed to be the steady state uh, if this thing is successful. Uh, we should ex- we should expect no idle time, and that that this CPU resource should be fully utilized. Um, having said that, we can we can now think of, of <coughs> we can we can now, uh, think of utilizing um, things like vCPU uh, to offload most of the intensive computation to 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 other means and other more horizontally scalable means. Um, as, as I see, the CPU of the main edge should mostly be used to, for, for provisioning purposes and for syncing for, uh, other types of resources uh, because it requires a complete consensus and, and a replication of the entire state of replication of everything. Um, so we shouldn't expect it uh, as a method to scale well without those kind of extensions. So, so you're saying like what's happened?
0: Like when Dex Ran was was doing his uh, stress testing, and now this new stress testing, uh, I, E what is it? E everyone? E-I-D-O-S, it I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: So,
0: so now that this is running, and it's a 15 month, like token generation mining event, so it's not going to stop. Like the 1,000x multiplier on the mainnet is done, and it was something. Dan uh, proposed about a month ago, so this kind of forced everyone's hand. We are now in uh, a state on the main net where there's not going to be any more free lunch. Uh, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that applications, decentralized applications on EOS IO, or EOS in particular in this case, uh, need, to, need to be limited in what you can and can't do on, on chain. And yeah. you want to kind of get yeah. into, since That's vCPU is ready to to be used, and we have this hackathon coming up. Let's give some ideas to people brainstorming of how they could utilize vCPU. And why don't we introduce what vCPU is first, and then we'll get into some of the potential use cases.
1: So vCPU is, is a way for um, um, a contract to run in kind of threads, um, where the DSP runs the code of the contract. And then on the, on the chain itself, you can validate the consensus uh, or validate and compare the results and even build your own kind of consensus. Or in cases where the, the computation is verifiable, uh, an example I like to give is a sorting mechanism. Uh, sorting is a heavy, is, is something that's a very heavy to to relatively heavy to compute, but uh, it's very relatively easy to verify. It's much more easy to verify that something is sorted than to actually sort it. Um, mm-hmm. So there are many algorithms that, that can be offloaded to, to, um, to even one DSP without really trusting it, without really trusting it. Another example can be building um, a machine learning model you can actually evaluate this, the score of the machine learning model and it's, it's much, much more um, lightweight than building, and, than, than building the model. Building the model is much, much uh, heavier than, than actually validating or evaluating the score of the model. Um, so I think those uh, kind of asymmetrical uh, computation opportunities are um, are part of a lot of uh, data-intensive applications, and, and those things are we didn't really begin even to imagine them up until now. Data-intensive mm-hmm. applications on blockchain—something that uh, less than a year ago, when I, when I discussed it, like people people kind of uh, raised their eyebrows when I when I tried to like think, when I discussed things like. Uh, on-chain artificial intelligence and, and the economics around it. Um, so people were quite skeptical. That, that's one of the reasons that chess was uh, an important uh, showcase for me personally. So l- let's, let's just get into the, the, the
0: first use case. that, that we, we have a blog article, the link will be in the description below. But uh, Tao, Tao built what is called Liquid Chess. Uh, and it, it is the first application of vCPU that, that, that we released on our GitHub and our blog. Uh, so why don't you let everyone know what Liquid Chess is and how... It has something, which is the AI, that nothing has ever had before on a blockchain. So
1: Liquid Chess is another uh, example of an application. It's, it's a second example or showcase of an, of an application that's fully decentralized, end-to-end, uh, what we call immortal application. Could you explain, uh, for anyone who hasn't
0: seen the first four episodes of you on here, uh, th- this is like Tao's thing. Like if you Google a mortal application, no one's ever trademarked this term. This is a Tao Muscal term.
1: I think up until now, um, the, the the selling points of, of blockchain technologies and, and and cryptocurrencies are the immutability and decentralization. And those two words, those two terms, said, says Say nothing to most people. It's like completely gibberish to, to most people. Like, what does that even mean? What's what's decentralization mean? Isn't the internet decentralized in the first place? And like, it's very far from people. And and I think immortal resonates better in the sense that uh, that um, that something is there forever and nobody can can touch it. Um, and, and that's kind of other another way to describe this like a uh, uh, perfect decentralized and immutable system the front end that's
0: decentralized like when liquid chess got released a lot of people heard the, the term immortal application for the first time people were coming into the telegram channel and they were like tell me more about these immortal applications what is like what are more details that this has never been done before like your smart contract could always have been on a blockchain, but you still need a user interface to, to, to work with, to, to interf- interact with that smart contract. And that could always get taken down. You could have man in the middle attacks and DNS attacks. So mm-hmm. this is, is this the very first time that anyone has ever done this as far as you know? Uh,
1: yes, as far as I know at least. Um, I think the, 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 the technologies, Part of, the, of, of those technologies uh, existed in other places, um, but as far as I know, there there isn't like a, a stack, full stack solution to to do that, and, and that's why nobody really did a showcase of, of that. Of, of that kind so of thing. L- let's let's
0: peel Liquid Chess back like an onion. And if you're if you're peeling an onion back, you, you start at the very the top, the front end. So what, what's unique about the front end of, of Liquid Chess as an Immortal application?
1: Um, so, so it's completely static, um, like, like modern front ends should be. Um, and that gives it the ability to be decentralized easily. Like it's, just, it's static, so it can be served like storage. Um, and, and that's why it can be stored on a decentralized file system and be served from a decentralized file system, um, so, so it keeps the access and the user interface um, immortal in a
0: way. I've I've been asked before about the decentralized front end. Some people get it confused with VRAM because they know v- VRAM with the un, un, uh, near unlimited resources. Maybe you could have stored this front end there, but the front end's not stored in VRAM. You want to kind of explain the IPFS of, of
1: it? Sure. Um, so in a way, uh, liquid storage is, was, was a low-hanging fruit for us because um, having the contract access um, state uh, like, in, like we do in, in the VRAM solution is, is quite hard. It's much harder than, than just providing the incentive model for, for distributing storage. Um, you can say that... Um, um, VRAM already has uh, all the parts you need to provide something like Filecoin or uh, decentralized storage. And with liquid storage, we, we, we make it uh, more accessible and, and easier to use as, as a storage solution and not something that the state, uh, that the contract uh, can need as a state. Sure. Ha- having said that, if you store something on liquid storage, or on IPFS, your smart contract can still read it uh, in a trustless way if it has the hash of the content. So that's, that's pretty useful, even if you want to do things like actually processing um, uh, uh, big amounts of data using vCPU, that's something you can do still completely decentralized and, and use IPFS uh, without VRAM. Uh, Just just to be able to load it on demand and not to query it like like you're doing a table on on a contract all right, so There's an
0: IPFS front-end that that's what's displaying what you see on the screen here So you see like these images of the the water drips like that's all being hosted on IPFS So the very first thing you do on this application is you create an account. I don't need a wallet I don't need scatter open Uh, All I need is a username and a password. Uh, So that is what we call Liquid Accounts. Can you kind of go into detail on on what's going on uh, underneath the hood here?
1: Uh, So Liquid Accounts is uh, another service that we built on top of VRAM that allows you to interact with uh, dApps without a native mainnet account. Um, And the way we do it is we store the public keys associated to accounts on Xeram tables.
0: So, so to sign a transaction, though, you need a private key. So with, without a private key being visible to everyone on, on a blockchain, like how could you uh, have the application know what the private key is uh, to interact with the contract without the DSP themselves knowing your private key or, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, the blockchain itself knowing your private key? Right.
1: Um... So the way we do it in the demo is, uh, in the LiquidJest uh, application, is we generate a private key from the username, the password, and, and assault, salt for the application. Um, that way, we, uh, the, the keys can be reconstructed from, mm-hmm. from those things. Um, but the implementation itself requires a private key. The liquid accounts uh, on the native level it uses private keys and, and, and accounts as, as the as the as the building blocks and as the, the first class citizens. Um, so you could use Scatter to manage those keys and you could interact with with the, the same same kind of uh, the same kind of um, the tool, same tools, and, and even a hardware wallet. And Another interesting thing that you could do with, with liquid accounts is because the, you could interact based on a, on a, on a public key um, or, a, or a key pair, you could actually use Ethereum keys to manage accounts, and you don't even need to create them. You can theoretically send, send tokens to, to an ethereum address and. Whenever the, the Ethereum users user come to that that uh, to that application, he can claim using his using his Ethereum tools, using his Ethereum uh, private key, using his maybe even MetaMask, but to interact with the with with the um, EOS application, basically. So you could ther- theoretically awesome. airdrop uh, to EO, to Ethereum users an EOS token. Let's keep
0: those theoreticals coming because the whole point of this conversation is to drive attention and ideas for the hackathon coming up and all of these theoreticals could, could actually happen. And what better motivation to do it than $50,000 in prizes from being able to work from home. So back, back to the liquid chess, I, we, we keep going all over the place. There's just so much to talk about. Um, sure. So we got to the liquid account. So you go down, you create your username and password, then you check the box, play against the computer AI. So if you see this, like we're used to like regular applications, like if I'm playing a regular web app, playing against the AI is nothing new. But this AI is different because it's actually on the blockchain. It's not off-chain. Like everyone thinks that something like this needs to be off-chain, and it did up until now. So how did you get an AI? on a blockchain?
1: Um, so it was this, the, exactly the same way I got the, the engine validation, the, sorry, so it, it was exactly the same way I got the Move validation running on, on the blockchain, uh, which was to take um, uh, Stockfish, the, the existing chess engine, uh, the open source one, and to compile it in Wasm, basically. Um, then I included it in the contract um, and used vCPU to run the same code in, in all the DSPs and validate that on, on the original contract that the results are the same and that they're expected and they're valid. Um, so
0: so VP is, vCPU is being used... For the chess engine
1: and for the AI, they're two separate components? Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's two separate components. Uh, they're compiled in the same code, in the same contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's the gist of it. It, it. it allowed me to just take existing code and, and compile it in a contract context. Um, and, I'm, and, and I'm sure if, if I run it, uh, I'll try to run it uh, um, on an actual uh, you know, block producer environment, mm-hmm. uh, it, will, it, it may take five seconds, or it may take like whole seconds. And mm-hmm. on, on on EOS, you you you're limited um, to thirty milliseconds, thirty milliseconds per transaction, which is also quite expensive to use uh, the whole thirty milliseconds. Um, so in the first place, it, it's very hard to even do the, the move validation in, in mm. such limited constraints. And, and the, the, the C++, the original optimization, the original implementation is, is already quite optimized. Uh, it uses things like bit boards to do tricks, like uh, bit masking uh, numbers that represent boards. Um, think about it, you have, you have eight by eight, uh, boards in chess, mm-hmm. um, and you have 64 bits on numbers. So you can do arithmetic operations that help you represent numbers as states of the board. Um, and if you do it efficient enough, it's, it's mostly arithmetic and bit shifting on, on 64-bit numbers. So it's already quite optimized but still the constraints of a, of a blockchain is, is something that's not not, uh, not scalable enough to do more validations for everyone. So if
0: you just ran a private testnet, would you have been able to do the same implementation on, on just regular CPU because it's like a local environment and you kind of have limitless resources?
1: It would be very hard because I would probably have to either chunk the computation to many transactions and it would be even more expensive and it wouldn't be transactional. It would be something. Well,
0: if, it was pr- like, if it was private, I'm, I'm, it wouldn't be expensive just because like it's, like, yeah, I'm sure. just thinking if it's a private blockchain and you don't, have, very you don't have to worry about anything else. But, be, but there's still uh, other problems I besides cost. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I would probably need to either chunk the computation somehow and then it wouldn't, wouldn't be transactional. Um, and and I, would, uh, I would need to optimize, to, to not just optimize, maybe, maybe even, just, even just the chunking part of taking existing code and, and trying to chunk it to 30 millisecond uh, chunks of computation is, is not trivial. You need to understand the code that you're taking. Not right. taking existing code and just throwing it uh, on, 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 in a contract.
0: So because of vCPU, you didn't have to modify the code much. You took, yeah. what is it called, Droidfish? Is that the engine?
1: Uh, Stockfish.
0: Or, Stockfish. Stockfish, sorry. Yeah. So you, you took an existing C++ written chess engine called Stockfish, which is mm-hmm. very popular. I think Droidfish is a different one. And you, what kind of modification, so you just went to GitHub, you forked the code, downloaded the repo, and you're like, what modifications needed to be made to that before you could use it in your contract?
1: There were a couple of, of small modifications regarding, ah, I don't even remember, like small things regarding the types that are missing in, in the very basic type library, um, several includes that, 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 that are uh, missing in, in a WASM environment, um, file system things, uh, so small things. access very small small
0: things, things. Yeah.
1: So I, I think this is
0: such an important thing to highlight uh, about what you can now do because you were like the whole point of DAP Network is That things that are redundant and being built over and over again by different teams like they shouldn't have to do that build w- Whatever you're trying to do with your application. You shouldn't have to to build these foundation layers to, to your application and the chess engine is a very foundation layer to your application. If you had to write that yourself, it, that, that would have been a full-time job for weeks, probably. I, I don't know how long... I have a couple of references.
1: Uh, I, I think we have a couple of examples for, for very good people in the community that, that are working on, on this existing challenge. And uh, it's not hard. It, it's, it's, uh, you could say that I cheated in a way. Um, the,
0: the, you have like, to you hack the, you hacked the system it, Tao. and, and well. I, I hack the system is actually a good word to, or a good way to kind of bring up that we keep talking about the 30 millisecond limit of yeah. Transactions or, or compu, is It is computation. Is it what's mm-hmm. what's the exact? 30 30 millisecond safety. limit of <clears throat> Like if basically if a transaction hangs for longer than 30 seconds, it, it like cancels it or yeah. it, it just avoids aborts. It.
1: Yeah,
0: it aborts so yeah. it it, that means if you have to do anything that's more computation I- I- intensive than you can accomplish in 30 milliseconds, the transaction's gonna fail and get aborted. Sure. Um, yeah. So how did you hack that out of the system? Like that is like built into the system. You shouldn't be able to break that, but you you got around it.
1: Right. Um, and
0: when so I say break, I mean you made, made it better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the, the reason we're not, uh, constri- we're not limited to the 30, <coughs> 30 millisecond limitation anymore is because we now uh, run the vCPU a- aspect of the execution on the DSP process, which is not even a Node OS process. It's, uh, it's, it's hosted on the same processes as the DSP services, and, and it has the limitations that, that we give it, essentially whether it's uh, access limitations or memory limitations or um, computation resources. Um, so it, it's the same contract, the same was contract, but it's running on DSP, tricked to think it's running on an actual node, uh, an actual EOS node. Uh, it has all the, all the interfaces <laughs> that, that uh, the EOS node exposes um, but it's implemented completely differently um, to, to, to allow it to, to still perform the logic, but not, not require running it on an actual EOS node. Um, we could hack EOS uh, the EOS node to, to allow simulation of things that are uh, bigger than 30 milliseconds, uh, but one of the things that that um, taking the hosting environment from the node for the simulation part uh, can actually gives us some very interesting uh, potential uh, capabilities like exposing um, gpu interface to that uh, contract execution whatever is running on vcpu can can actually utilize gpu acceleration now we can we can expose things that uh, were not originally exposed to a block producer node. Uh. So not only are you able to
0: have horizontal scalability that you can't have on vanilla ESIO, but Mm -hmm. at some point you could swap out that CPU for GPUs and you could uh, basically outsource your processing to a GPU which block producers don't even have. So you're able to
1: like run things faster than that possible. possible. Right, you you can say that specific DSPs have a, a vCPU extension that supports GPU, for example, and only them can run specific offloaded computations. And then we can really start to see some interesting uh, machine learning uh, and, and deep learning um, applications, and data crunching applications that, that are actually distributed.
0: When you, when you say that we could have these machine learning and these AIs now, uh, I, I don't think we have an implementation of the GPUs yet, but let, let's, let's say that hypothetically the day comes and
1: this might exist. Yeah, um, the, code, the, the code is open, so that's another thing that uh, uh, people can think of, of um, exploring. Uh, and the, link, the links will be Hacker. in the uh,
0: description, obviously, and at the Hacker yeah. Earth link also. Earlier, uh, you brought up how it used an open source C++ chess library. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of machine learning libraries and AI libraries that already exist. Right. So you're That's saying that Torch, yeah. these libraries could be actually put onto like EOSIO through the DAP network, and you could be running... With very lim- li- very little modifications here and there, you could be running these battle-tested machine learning like engines essentially on a blockchain. Yeah, you, you could even have
1: incentivized com- competitions between <clears throat> uh, specialized DSPs that that can train each one can train a different model and then <clears throat> just evaluate them on chain and, and have a winner for like have a prize for whoever builds the best model and. And uh, that, for me, that's one of the, the, the reasons I got into blockchain um, because I come from, from an AI background um, is to allow this kind of um, uh, collaborative uh, incentive models to build machine learning models and, and to advance the, the, the field because right now there is, there, is a, there is a race between the, the big companies uh, you know the Googles and the Facebooks of the world that have so much data. Um, they're like the corporates of, of, of the of the world in terms of how efficient they are. In they're corporations with this
0: more power than sovereign nations. Yeah. It's insane.
1: And and they're going to be more powerful because <clears throat> centralization is good in, in when, when when you're building uh, like a superior AI. Um, then, then being centralized and being a, uh, a, you know, a monopoly is, is a good thing because that, that's the only way you can get like, the scale of data that you need to, to actually train a, a deep learning model. Training a deep learning model is, is, is requires um, not a trivial amount of data, it's something that usually startups don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, especially a unique... Uh, mass scale data sets. Uh, even if you got your hand on, on a, <clears throat> a huge data set, it's probably um, a free one and, and open. And then everyone everyone else can 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 use it, even the, the big corporates. And, and now with, with the ability to incentivize um, learning in, in in different like also horizontally and, and being able to incentivize whoever builds the best model. Like, like we see, um, there, there are platforms that, that try to do that. Uh, but I think be, like bringing that to, to blockchain is, is something that can give us a fighting chance against those, those monopolies. When you brought up the big data
0: set, what bigger data set is there though, than a blockchain? Like you, you could,
1: you the could. Train- graph is, is an important data set. And, it's, uh, and, and, you know, there is a huge data set of images that, that uh, Google has and, and Facebook has a lot of te- tagged data set as well. L- a learning set should, is, is, um, is usually uh, labeled. Um, and, and for years we've been working and labeling those data sets for those companies, for those corporates, mm-hmm. until uh, we move those applications to be open and decentralized we won't have we won't have the data even on the blockchain mm-hmm. uh, so, so that's a uh, critical part for it and, and actually it's another uh reason for us as users to care um right now we 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 don't see the implications of that we just see the inconveniences of uh, you know big corporations controlling our, our data like uh that they're able to delete it or monetize on it i think the next uh, step in, in that in that path is much more dangerous um, and then uh, it may be too late if if we only uh, start caring about owning our data once it's once once we see those kind of implications but that's one of the reasons that i care about that
0: when you Tal Muskao, when you say own your data, and we're talking about like the future of technology, what what does it look like from, from like, how, how do you own your data where you actually own it, no one else has access to it?
1: So there, there are two types of, of data uh, that I see in the future. There's private data and, and public data. There's transparent data and, and private data. Um, there are many ways to do um, decentralized logic on private data. Uh, most of them uh, involve things like zero knowledge, and there's public data. Um, and public data um, it can and should be transparent and should be accessible uh, in the same way for everyone. Right now, even all the public data of Facebook is not something that you can easily uh, access and, and processes, uh, as, a, as, a, as a researcher. Um, well, they
0: could limit you too. I mean, they could limit your API calls for example,
1: and yeah. Say, yeah. Okay, you say, like okay, doing... and even the fact that you need to perform an API call is, is not some, it's not reasonable in the context of building a deep learning algorithm. Like imagine the bandwidth that you need to just pull off all the data. You, you, mm-hmm. you need to local. That, that's, that's the, that's what I'm saying. Um. The machine learning algorithms
0: and, and the AIs, um, how, how advanced could you get with that before someone decides to build something that extends the G, uh, the, into a V VGP or whatever they might call it if they wanna build it? Like, If you don't have that computation power today, because the hackathon's in two weeks, I don't, I don't think that'll be built yet by anyone, maybe unless some DSP's been working behind the scenes. We don't know.
1: I think uh, bigger, bigger thing have uh, been
0: done in shorter times. I mean, you did build Liquid Chess in, I think, less than a week, and that's while fulfilling Actually, all of your other responsibilities.
1: To be honest, it took two days to build the entire game. As I told Benny, write Tal question mark mm-hmm. on Twitter and we'll go from there. (laughs) That way they don't have to do it.
0: So if you built chess, liquid chess in two days, the hackathons over a week, I think it's from a Sunday to a Sunday. So in like nine or 10
1: days, like the possibilities are endless. I don't want to say it uh, in the context of the hackathon, but you can start thinking of um, porting existing applications, basically taking existing open source projects and porting them to, to be decentralized. Do you remember that uh, in our first interview, the one that was three parts, you, you, you guys asked me um, what I envision happening in five years in terms of, of compatibility and uh, in, ter- in terms of like how easy it will be to develop. Um, and and it, it was the first time I actually thought about it. It was during the interview, like in, in this perspective of like, what we I say in five years? And uh, you remember what, what was the, the answer? To take existing code and to be able to run it um, on, on the blockchain without really knowing all the complications. Uh, so I'm happy to say that now with VCPO, I feel that we kind of achieved um, a big portion of that, of that vision.
0: Are you saying it's not five years out now, it's less than five years out?
1: Yeah, and imagine <clears throat> when we have uh, JavaScript compilers and, and things like that, JavaScript compilers for WASM, then then it, it will really be close know. to that to, to be able to take anything and, and, and port it to blockchain technology and to, to make it decentralized. So I, I think JavaScript uh, to WASM compiling will will open um, the 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 potential audience of people writing um, uh, decentralized applications, this um, with VCPU and, and removing the limitations uh, can actually allow any kind of developer to to to, to write blockchain decentralized applications uh, with, without really knowing anything about cryptography or without knowing anything about the the underlying. Uh, magic that, that happens um, and that's just crazy to me
0: because the same way you said that you could take a c++ library an open source library that does everything you needed to and you could just import it into your contract there's hundreds of thousands of JavaScript libraries out there that might be useful with all of the logic already built out so you're, you're saying if, if this compiler could be built that it'd be Super, super easy for anyone to import any existing JavaScript library into a contract in the same way that you brought in the Stockfish engine into your Chess Liquid Chess.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think that's that's uh, not very far for the for the original vision we we, we discussed in, in our in our first interview.
0: So we had some really big news come out today, which mm-hmm. I hope is today uh, because. <laughs> We're gonna do some magic here. Uh, if it's not today, this video will come out whatever day that today was. Whatever interoperability has been a theme of the message we've been trying to convey as Liquid Apps, uh, a multi-chain vision, so to speak. And as of a couple hours ago, we now have the ability to use Liquid X. Why don't Why don't you just introduce it here in, in case anyone hasn't read the blog article yet?
1: Sure. Um, so LiquidX is, uh, is actually not, not a uh, uh, service. It's not a DSP service, but um, more of a um, feature or a platform support in the in the in the entire network and and the and the, and the DSP software itself. Um, and LiquidX allows you to run DSP services on other chains. On other on sister chains, on on any type of of chain, um, and it's and it's doing that by providing the same services uh, on the sister chain uh, while preserving all the adapt economics and and the and the provisioning model on the EOS maintenance. So let's get into the implications
0: of this. In the, the this whole conversation. Was kind of built around the hackathon. What does LiquidX mean for the LiquidApps Dap Network
1: hackathon? Um, I think it becomes much more interesting to a much bigger audience of the of the EOS EOSIO community. Um, we have we have a. a even we have some tribalism even inside the, the EOS community. We have maximalism even inside our own small community. And I hope this will, will, will help to, to really bridge that and to, to, to amplify all the, the, the great advantages that there are in, in, in all those different sister chains. Uh, so there are no longer uh, experiments for a for a public chain or a, an application specific uh, chain, um, I think think that that will will help those those systems to to take those those amazing innovations that they they did as developers and, and as communities and and actually bring back that value to, to the entire community. Um, that's what gets me excited about it. Um, and of course, it means that the hackathon is is Uh, Should be much more appealing now to to a much bigger audience so that means
0: if you Kind of maybe got turned off by the mainnet and you move to a chain like Talos for example or Bose or wax now all of these DSP services that were previously only available from EOS mainnet applications now you could still have your Talos application uh, But you're able to take advantage of all the other things Let me me backtrack because a lot of times when we discuss these services, when we're talking about it on the mainnet, we're talking about saving on on resource costs. But on on other chains, the resource costs aren't nearly the same. So there still is a savings on resource costs if you use something like VRAM, but it's maybe not as critical. But there's other aspects of VRAM besides cost that is going to be game-changing for for these sister chains. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you kind of just highlight maybe some of the things that VRAM allows for an application besides just saving money on
1: resources? Because VRAM can also be served as a, as a shared memory uh, solution, you, and, and because the IPFS serves as the backend for um, all those chains in LiquidX, uh, you could essentially pass uh, one pointer from one chain to another to copy the entire data set of an application. Let's say you want to uh, move your entire data set and application to Telos from the mainnet because it became too expensive. Um, you could essentially pass one pointer from, from uh, your, your mainnet contract to the Telos contract and, um, and read the table as, as if it was built on, on Telos. As if it was the table was hosted on Telos, uh, because that's it's speed at the same DSP that's serving the memory for for both for both chains. Um, so, so you can actually do interesting things. You can aggregate a queue of messages um, on one chain and dispatch it once a minute with with Liquid Scheduler, and then process it on the other chain, and kind of have infinite bandwidth b- between. The chains, um, which you can do almost anything with. You can you can spin up your own chain for things that you trust only yourself, and you know that your user, users only trust you. You basically get the, the full spectrum of decentralization and, and centralization uh, and efficiency um, to to you know to, to build your own custom needs for.
0: I, I want to uh, get into one more thing before we end this, but let's close out the hackathon here. So, the hackathon's open to anybody in the world that inclu- and, and any, any blockchain, really, but especially with LiquidX, any EOS IO chain, and then Ethereum, more than welcome to join. Uh, I thought we, we talked about this the other day and we were half joking, but this hackathon's different than the EOS hackathons last year. The EOS hackathons last year were sponsored, managed, organized by Block One. The DApp hackathon is managed, sponsored, operated by Liquid Apps with no affiliation to Block One.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Uh, that that's uh, a hackathon that's not uh, sponsored and and, um, and not uh, affiliated with Block One. I think it's a it's a nice and a, and a great opportunity for for the people from block one to, to actually participate. And, and I, I know that if I were them, uh, I, I, would, I would love to participate in in our own hackathons. And I know they didn't have the opportunity until now. Um, not, not just to you know to not just to show how good they are, but to actually build things and in public that aren't related to their main uh, to their, their main day job. Uh, but still in the technology that that, that they helped build. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity, and I would love to see Block One uh, employees participate as well. Ho- hopefully, Block
0: One will just give their employees their blessing, I guess. I don't know if they'll outright say it, but I would love for Block One employees to participate in this hackathon. I'm not just talking about Dan Larimer, obviously, Dan wanted to. We yes. would let him participate in whatever way he wanted to. But, but I'm I'm just thinking like anyone there, anyone that's working with the, This. Singles, page, for, like,
1: singles for mentorship. By the way, um, I, I invite everyone uh, who's who's uh, was a superstar in the community to to try to to be a mentor. And, and many of the of the very strong. Um, technical people are, are in block one so, so obviously I, I, I would love to see block one uh, people as mentors.
0: really hope it happens uh, because I think once they dig into that network tools more they're, they're going to understand the power that it unlocks uh, and I, I hope that they end up having the same respect for the tools that you've built as the respect that you have for the tools that they built and are, are currently still building. And that drives us into like the final topic I want to hit on. And that's just EOS IO in general. So back in at B1 June, EOS IO 2.0 was announced along with EOS VM, web auth a lot of other uh, tools and improvements, but it was just very recently a couple of weeks ago that they actually released the code base for EOS IO 2.0. It's still a release candidate. But I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it, about some of these improvements that are coming with it.
1: There are a few features that, that are only released now, which is the YubiKey uh, encryption support, like uh, authentication support. Mm-hmm. The, um, I know they're deprecating uh, deferred transactions, which was kind of problematic in, 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 many, in many ways.
0: Isn't there a there there's this DSP service that you built, you know? It kind of kind of replaces those stupid yeah. different <laughs> transactions that caused all those problems. Yeah, uh, liquid scheduler. <laughs> yeah, so that you're kind of forward thinking on that because Liquid Scheduler came out before we knew that they were gonna get deprecated. So right, so right. that's interesting. So that happened. Um they also released I, 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 to be honest, I keep I keep I keep,
1: uh, um, um, I keep pushing them to, deprec- to deprecate it in every conversation that I have. Not to make not not, not uh, because I want to make Liquid Scheduler more more useful, but because I think it's uh, it, it it introduced so many issues back in the in the in the early days.
0: Like how many casinos had to get hacked because
1: of deferred transactions? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It opened up so many holes uh, that that I, I I really agree with the decision to to deprecate it and have and rely on a on a on an external uh, thing uh, to handle that external to the base layer, uh, whether it's uh, external as a server or, or a second layer solution like, like ours.
0: ESVM was brand new for ES 2.0. Yeah,
1: that's exciting. It's going to to release a lot of pressure and, and uh, on the mainnet. On, on, I guess I'm I'm a little bit less excited about it just because I'm I'm starting to get used to horizontally scalability or horizontal scalability.
0: <laughs> that that was one of the promises, wasn't it? During the uh, ESICO was this horizontal scalability, parallel processing. So I, I guess. Yeah. What what you're saying is that ESVM increases the throughput of that single thread. It's like a one lane highway that just is the speed limit is increased on the highway.
1: Yeah. What, what parallel
0: processing is? Yeah. It's very important.
1: Yeah. But
0: what parallel processing does is it turns that one lane highway into an infinite lane highway as, as mm-hmm. wide as you want to go, and that's that's what parallel processing is. The cars being able to go faster is just that's cool too. But you're still limited to that one lane. And what you're saying is with VCP you can go parallel. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 part of this EOSIO two uh, blog release that block one put out that kind of got missed by a lot of people is the EOSIO quick start web IDE. And as a developer, like what, what does this mean for someone getting up and running like quickly?
1: Um, first it's amazing. I, I love web IDs. I, I used cloud nine for, for a couple of years um, and, and the fact that you can you can without installing anything just get things started and, and compile a contract and test it and run it, I think' it's, a, it's a kind of a game changer um, That was one of the, the one of the barriers uh, like installing the the, the SDK and everything and and I I remember at the San Fran hackathons everyone
0: had to install this giant docker file And they all said in the email reminders, please download this at home because we can't have 600 people downloading this giant file at the same time just like Mm -hmm. blockchain aside like setting up a developer if you want to compile it it takes hours
1: (laughs) Yeah, takes hours to to get an environment uh, Environment running uh, before they 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 Organize their the releases. Uh, now it's a bit better, but uh, but still the, the entire um, environment and the testing environment and having a local chain running. Uh, I think that's uh, it's really really convenient. Uh, if you have if you had a have a chance to to look at what they released uh, and you're an EOS developer, I encourage you to do it like right now. Um, and and we have a, a a little thing we, we released around it. Uh, uh, I think it, 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 it's going to be out by the time by the time we released it, that video. Um, uh, but it, it's a it's a Zeus based ID, uh, also based on Gitpod, which is which is the same platform that uh, that, that Block One used. Um, but you get a quick start to do a quick start environment to use all of the DApp services. Just by with a click of a button without installing anything.
0: That's going to be invaluable, I think, for the hackathon. uh, Because I remember the EOS hackathons, like the first couple hours for some people were spent just getting set up if they didn't prepare ahead of time or already had been a developer uh, on EOS prior to it. So if if this is a tool that's available for people in a DAP hackathon, that's going to be huge. And it actually, Pete, Pete, Pete K didn't know that Neb was working on this. So whenever he was doing the Everything EOS Developer courses, he, he was using like command line tools or like EOS Studio or something. And he had he has to actually go back and make revisions now because the, the, this cloud environment, the, the quick start IDE is just so much better that yeah, it's just yeah. gonna redo the courses. So hopefully uh, our audience that stuck with us this long, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll go check out the cloud IDE. It should, should be available. If it's not, give it, Couple hours, maybe a day. I don't know. It, it'll it'll be out before the hackathon. Let's just say that. Um, and and um,
1: there, it, it's a, it's actually a good point in general. Um, I've, I've participated in many hackathons, um, not, not just as mentor. Um, and one of the most important thing is to come prepared. Is to read in advance what you're not not to try to learn both the technology stack and what you need to do for your application. Uh, at the same time because the, the hours are precious um, so, so you would want to come prepare for, for every hackathon um, and, and especially in terms of the actual technical environment the tools see that everything is working that you can actually compile a contract before you go to, to, to an ES hackathon or, or know how to use a Dapp service before you, you actually come uh, to the, to the Dapp hackathon.
0: I think we should close this out with a legendary tale story. I know there's so many legends and you just said you've participated in many hackathons, not just as a mentor. What's the what, give a, let's close this out on a, a, a towel story and it doesn't even have to be like a competitive hackathon. It could have been a weekend hackathon at your house. Like what's something you've done in a hackathon style where it's like that when that short window of time where you just get something done, like what's something that you want to share with everyone?
1: It's, even, it's a hackathon that I, I didn't even plan on going. And a good friend of mine called me, and uh, Dan Dan Schechter, one of the, the greatest developers alive. Um, and he called me in, in, in the morning and asked, and told me, Tal, we're going to, to, to create what we talked about. The, basically, it was a weed, weed round. Um, but And someone already hacked, hacked, uh, hacked it, but the hack wasn't, wasn't complete enough. You couldn't use two, the two sticks. Um, so a big portion of the hackathon was trying to hack it in a different way that you could actually uh, reuse the, the, the remote without the, the, the Wii itself, just with, with the laptop. Um, and so that was the, the end of the first day. And the second way, we, we just, uh, you know, uh, built a drum machine using using that. And I think it was one of the first, because it was the first application that used both of the modes, it was, I think it was also the first Wii drum implementation out there. So that was cool. And I almost didn't go to that hackathon. So great, thanks.
0: <laughs> I see a pattern here. You're really good at, Extending functionality of things that already exist, even if you gotta
1: (laughs) going through walls. I'm good at that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, I I guess sign up for the DApp Network Hackathon. You can sign up at dappnetwork.hackerearth.com. The sign up information's in the description below, along with some other uh, resources to learn about DSP services. There's also information on the hackathon page i I encourage everyone to sign up early uh we want to kind of be able to plan for this we want to start the mentorship early we want to start rolling out emails and education material because like tal said you want to be prepared for this and uh we're going to communicate to our general channels as well but we'll also be doing like uh direct messaging we have a slack group set up for the hackathon we want everyone to get started as soon as possible so if you're watching this you haven't signed up yet uh, head on over to dapnetwork.hackerearth.com. Uh, so that's my call to action. Do You have anything uh, you want to tell anyone before we hop off?
1: Uh, no, I think we, we covered all of everything.
0: All right. So um, you know how we do the you know how we do the uh, cl- closing ceremony here, right? Mm-hmm. We, we we've done this before. Well, why, don't, why, don't you, you, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you kick it off, Um Until next time, I'm Ta until next time, I'm Talmus Kahl. And I'm Zach Go. And this is Everything EOS. EOS. Go, Go EOS. EOS and Go Dapp Network. <laughs> Join the damn hackathon. <laughs> Thank you.